was uh, speaking and he shared it this morning in the first service and I told him and I thanked him for allowing the Lord to use him because if I ever needed a confirmation that was my confirmation and you'll see why in here just a little bit but I want to talk to you for a moment on a um, something I have entitled have you been pigeonholed have you been pigeonholed if you would stand with me for the reading of God's word I'll be uh, reading out of Genesis 32 22 through 32 it'll be up on the screen and we're going to be talking about Jacob and Jacob wrestling with God starting in 22 and it says and he arose that night and took his two wives his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day now when he saw that he did not prevail against him he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him and he said let me go for the day breaks but he said I will not let you go unless you bless me so he said to him what is your name And he said Jacob and he said your name shall no longer be called Jacob but Israel for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed then Jacob asked saying tell me your name I pray and he said why is it that you ask my name and he blessed him there so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved just as he crossed over Peniel the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip therefore to this day the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank which is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank I want to go back up to 28 and he said you shall no longer be called Jacob but Israel for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed if you would please stretch your hands toward heaven and pray with me and for me Lord we thank you we magnify your holy name Lord Jesus we want to thank you for filling this room with your presence and I pray that you continue to do a great work Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would save, you would sanctify, you would fill with your Holy Spirit, heal and deliver, whatever your will may be. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts, our minds, and our eyes to hear what you would have to say to us today. And Lord, we'll never fail to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in your holy name. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to talk to you for just a moment about a name, of a name. Names with meaning throughout history. Some of these you may recognize. If you are like my daughter, you may not. <laughs> but the majority of you all will. So if I say the name David, King Solomon, Alexander the Great, or even Napoleon, the majority of us think these names are greatness, rulers, overcomers, conquerors, normally great men. But then there are names like Judas, Kane, Charles Manson, Benedict Arnold. And all of a sudden we get this disgust in the pit of our stomach because we're thinking murderer, traitor, jealous killer, etc. These are just not good men. But then there's a name above all names. That's Jesus. And that's Savior, Deliverer, 
healer, provider, king of kings, lord of lords. The name of Jesus is power. So, Shauna, why are you talking about a name? What is a name, if you would, for a moment? A name is your identity. It is what people call you. It is what you respond to. It is what you understand about yourself. From the day we are born, we are assigned this identifier. The person's name is the greatest connection to their own identity and individuality. Some might say it's the most important word in the world to that person. It's the only way we can easily get someone's attention. Some people have more than one name. Some have nicknames. And we all have certain names we like to be called, whether it be our actual name or what someone we care deeply about calls us. I done a little survey a couple of weeks ago on Facebook, and I wanted to know what are the names that just make you feel loved, make you feel just warm and fuzzy from the inside out. And I got a lot of mom or dad, mama or papa, aunt or uncle, and others had special nicknames that made them feel loved and cared for when called by that name. You see, humans have a deep-seated need to be named or, or to name or be named. And researchers have long acknowledged that there is great power in naming things. We name to identify, to symbolize, to refer, describe, simplify, organize, and most importantly, to tame. Most of us have animals. I have a cat and a dog. I've named them Ruger and Zola. They are mine. And I have tamed them. I have trained them. I have three other animals that are human. That's Keaton, Carter, and Kyra. I also named them and I tamed them. They are mine. Flip, I'm still working on. You see, our brains involuntarily respond to the sound of our own names. Even in a state in which we are unable to respond to or act on anything else, our brain sends off waves when somebody speaks our name or speaks something that we're called. That's powerful. Right. A name is powerful. It means a lot. But Scripture tells us, Proverbs 22 and 1 says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. And Ecclesiastes in 7 1 says, A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Names are important. So, Shauna, what does that have anything to do with being pigeonholed or Jacob? Well, I'm glad you asked. You see, pigeonholed is to decide that someone belongs to a particular class or category. A category, typically an overly restrictive one, to which someone or something is assigned. Simply put, pigeonholed is to be labeled or a name placed on someone in a boxed-in, restrictive way. A name with limits, with barriers, something that is boxed-in, being pigeonholed. You see, in our opening text, we find Jacob, which means trickster, subplanner, the one who follows on another's heels. He was wrestling with God. Jacob was afraid. He was greatly distressed. His decisions in life had brought him to a point of fear. You see, Jacob had gotten himself into this mess. 
He had stolen his brother's birthright, lied to his dying father, and was now on the run from the wrath of his brother Esau. He feared for his life, and it was all his fault. You see, sometimes it's not the enemy. Sometimes it's your choices that have gotten you into your situations. We've gotten ourselves pigeonholed, boxed ourselves in, put ourselves in a category, labeled, named ourselves. So Jacob found himself pigeonholed. Just when Jacob thought he was doomed, he encountered the God of the universe. So desperate was Jacob for a blessing from God in his situation that when he encountered the Lord, he grabbed hold and wrestled with him until uh, daybreak. And when daybreak came, the angel had enough and touched Jacob's hip, injuring him permanently. I'm just going to throw this in for good measure. When you have an encounter with God, when you get a hold of God, you'll walk different. But even wrenched in pain, Jacob refused to let go until God blessed him. With one encounter, one, Jacob went from a follower, a trickster, a supplanter, one who wrongfully takes the place of another, to Israel, a prince with God. He became an overcomer. You see, one encounter with God will change your name. It will change the way you walk. It will change the way you talk. It will change your outlook. It will change the way you look and how others look at you with one encounter. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. When Christ steps in, you are new. And your name has a new meaning. But you see, over time, as children of God, we have allowed Satan to step in and place a pigeonhole on us. We have allowed him and even ourselves to give us labels, place us in categories that God never intended, to place barriers on our lives and to box us in. We no longer recognize ourselves as a child of God, period. We've added to it. And we think that it's normal. It's okay. It's just the way it is. Now, whenever I tell you these, I'm going to tell you these because I've experienced them. So don't be like, oh, Shauna, you don't understand. Believe you me. I understand more than you realize. It's like Nicholas was talking, this first one. We've added an anxious and depressed child of God. If I was to ask the majority in here, are you a child of God? Are you saved? Absolutely. But do you suffer suffer from anxiety and depression? Yes. So we've added that label. We have placed a pigeonhole on our life thinking that that's just normal. That's just the way that it is. But you see in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, this is what the Word of God said. It says, Be anxious for nothing. Now, this word anxious, blankets, anything and everything that you could battle in your mind. Anxiety, depression, overwhelming thoughts, anything that Satan can throw at you that you lose lack of sleep, this one word, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, in other words, in all things, in all walks of life, no matter where you're at, 
by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Be in gratitude. Let your request be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. Oh, and I like this part. And minds through Christ Jesus. You see, we don't have to suffer with anxiety and depression. He took that to the cross. He took it all to the cross. Everything that blankets under there. So through Him, we have peace. He guards our hearts. He guards our minds. We've got to let it go. Be free of the pigeonhole and give it to Him. We label ourselves as unloved. An unloved child of God. Nobody loves me. I'm unlovable. But you see in Romans 5 and 8 it says, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, when we wasn't even His, Christ died for us. 1 John 3 and 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. We are loved. We are greatly loved. Even when we didn't know Him, He died for us. We've been adopted and we are loved. We call ourselves unworthy. We add the pigeonhole of unworthy. I'm not worthy of his blessings. I'm not worthy of his presence. I'm unworthy, child of God. But Matthew 6 and 26 says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we are his workmanship. Another translation is, We are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. You see, we're worthy, but we're worthy through him. You see, we're loved, we're loved through him. You see, we have peace, but we have peace through Him. We label ourselves as a failure. A failure child of God. But the Word says in Psalms 73 and 26, My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Romans 3, 23 and 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely, by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. We will succeed through Him. We are worthy through Him. We are loved through Him. We do have peace through Him. And this one, I face this quite often. I'm all alone. I'm an all-alone child of God. I'm in this boat by myself. Nobody understands. Nobody's walked where I have walked. You don't know how I feel. And I'm all by myself. Like that song says, all by myself. I'm all alone. But this is what the Word of God says. In Isaiah 41 and 10, He says, Fear not, for I am with you. 
Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You're not alone. He's got you in his right hand. Isaiah 43 and 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. He says, I will be with you. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Matthew 28 and 20, Jesus said, Teaching them to observe all things, I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. You are not alone through Christ Jesus. You see, Christ did not give, uh, give his life for us to feel defeated or to live a defeated life. For us to place or have placed pigeonholes, barriers, limitations, we are to live free. Scripture tells us we are made more than conquerors through Christ. But he also tells us in John 8 and 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. My childhood pastor, Brother E.C. Campbell, used to say, We live far beneath our privileges. Why? We have forgotten that we're free. We have forgotten that we are truly free. We have forgotten that anything and everything that we go through this life, over 2,000 years ago, he already nailed it to the cross. He gave his life and his blood was shed for us to live free. We will have trials. We will have tribulations. But the sacrifice on the cross provides a way out. We have an advocate with the Father. We have a way out. We have an escape through Christ. We are not meant to stay where we are at we are meant to run to the, uh, the rock. Psalm 61 and 2 says, From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Have you been pigeonholed? Has the enemy placed a pigeonhole on you? Have you placed it on yourself? It is time for deliverance. It is time for for freedom. It is time to run to the rock. Not only have Christians been pigeonholed, but Satan has done the same to those out in the world. You see, we have a generation searching. What are they searching for? They're searching for a name. They're searching for an identity. They're searching for a category or a group that they can call their own. My daughter is in middle school. It's very impressionable age. High school is too, but middle school's not like it was whenever I was in middle school. A lot has changed because it's been very many years. We won't go into the details. But I see a generation in her age group, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-olds, that are searching, and they're grabbing at anything and everything that they can grab at. Satan's like, oh, you want to belong? Well, here, 
here's your name. Grab onto that and people will accept you. Okay, I'll take it. You want to be different? You want to be put in another category? Here. Here's your category and that'll make you different. That'll make you stand out. It amazes me, and yes, I'm going to go here, that they're not happy being what gender they were born with. I'm not, I don't fit in that category. Okay, well here, let me give you another one. You don't like being a girl? I'll make you special and I'll make you a boy. And as if that wasn't enough, I have found a whole new... <sighs> they're called furries. Anybody heard of furries? Yeah, new to me. If you don't know what a furry is, if you don't want to identify as a human, you can now identify as an animal. Do you know that? Satan has stepped in. It's like, okay, if you're not happy being human or how God made you here, we'll give you another species to identify with. To be in that category, to belong, you'll be different. Church, that ain't right. God never intended that, ever. You were beautifully and wonderfully made in his image. Don't allow Satan to place that pigeonhole on you. You see, Satan has stepped in, gave them just what they were looking for, and in return, they have been bound. A pigeonhole has been placed upon them. Barriers, restrictive chains, limitations, undesirable labels. But we as children of God, you see, we've got exactly what they're looking for. And it's as simple as this. John 3.16, I learned it in Sunday school as a little girl. He said, for God so loved the world that whosoever, that whosoever covers whoever, whoever, whatever you think you are, but whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then we should be like Paul. When Paul talked to the church in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, and he says, I, brethren, when I come to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's as simple as telling the world about Jesus, about Christ and Him crucified. They need to see His power working through us. But how can that happen if we are boxed in? If we have been pigeonholed. If there have been restrictions, barriers, labels placed upon us. Unwanted names. If we are not living free, how can we expect to tell the world about living free? These are things God never intended. I want to share this with you while I'm closing. If Nicholas will come to the piano. And I shared this at our old location. And I shared it with my Sunday school class a few years back. And uh, we're talking about pigeonholes and new names. 
And uh, I actually have a white stone that sits in one of my flower pots in my living room. It's actually in my bamboo plant. And uh, I have placed it at the end of my hallway because that's the way I have to leave my house. And so as I, every morning that I'm leaving, I see that white stone. It's placed there in the bottom of my bamboo plants. And it reminds me of whose I am and where I'm headed. And uh, in the letter to the church of Pergamum, writes in Revelations 2 and 17, this is what it says. He says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. You see, when this race down here is run, when we have kept the faith, when we have lived freely through Christ, there's going to be a day when we enter into the kingdom of heaven. And upon that time, we will be given a white stone with a new name. When I was talking to my mom about this the other day, I love what she had to say. Uh, she said, you know, Shauna, I think, she said, what do, you, what do you think is going to be written on that stone? And I'm like, well, I know it won't be Shauna because, you know, that's my earthly name. I said, but I, I really don't know. I don't, you know, I've, I've speculated maybe it'll be a Hebrew symbol for maybe Shauna. Maybe it won't be Shauna at all. You know, because down here, Shauna means grace of God. Maybe grace of God will be written on that stone. I don't know. It's just speculation. But she brought up the point, and I, and I held on to it because I'm like, wow. It, it was just one of those wow moments. She said, you want to know what I think is going to be written on there? And I said, what? She said, I think, and I have no scripture to back this up. Once again, this is just speculation. You know how you like to, to wonder, you know. But um, she said, you know what I think is going to be written on there? She said, I think he'll give us a name about the works that we've done down here. You know, what did you do for the kingdom? That's what that name will be. It will mean what you've done for him while you were here. And I was like, oh, wow. holds up on my own life, feeling overwhelmed, dealing with my own anxiety, dealing with my own depression, the moments of feeling unloved, the moments of feeling unworthy, that I forgot what it's all about, that I'm constantly praying, Lord, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. He did deliver me. Why do I keep picking it back up? I'm doing it to myself. Because over 2,000 years ago, he died on that cross and he covered anything and everything that I could possibly ever go through. Even though times have changed, his blood still covers. So have I done enough? When I get that white stone, what's that going to be? Is it going to be good and faithful servant? You've been faithful over a few things. 
I'm going to make you ruler over many. Or is it, you know, Shauna, you really could have done more. I know I can do more. But it's time we keep, quit being wrapped up in us. So I'm going to bust your bubble. I'm sorry. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about him. And it's time we be about his business. And so I took that and I was like, oh, wow. So I'm going to hold on to that. That name is going to be okay. Shauna, what'd you do for me? And that's the name that's going to be on my stone. But one of the things that I find fascinating, and I'm one of these people that everything in Scripture, every word, every comma, every period, it means something. It's there for a reason. And even through all of the translations, you can translate it back. And I've got a strong concordance that I go back to, and I find the Hebrew meaning, or I find the Greek meaning. And the same is here in this scripture that I just read you. White. It's white. It means it's a pure white stone. And so I wanted to see why, why white. He could have gave us a clear, you know, oh, wouldn't that be so pretty? Have a clear stone. Could have gave you your birth stone. I could have had a ruby. But no, he's going to give you a white stone. And there are several different reasons that a white stone was used back in those days. But I want to focus on two of those reasons. You see, when someone was on trial, and they were delivering the verdict, they would place a black stone on the podium. And that meant you were found guilty. And you were going to have to pay for your crime. But if they were found innocent, they placed a white stone on the podium. You see, through the blood of Jesus, he's washed away all of my sins. And I'm going to have a white stone that says, Shauna, you've been found innocent because he paid a price I couldn't pay. He paid my debt, and I've been found innocent. One of the other things about a white stone that I found interesting, you see, when you were invited by someone that was important, a king, nobleman, prince, princess, somebody that was somebody, they would give you a white stone and sometimes they would have a message on it sometimes it would have their emblem on it sometimes it would just be a white stone but when people seen you out in like the courtyard or in the marketplace or whatever of course you're going to display that white stone because that means you're somebody important you've been invited by somebody that's somebody when we receive our white stone with our new name it means we have been invited by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are someone important through Him. As my dad used to say, you are somebody. I might not be much down here on this earth, but I've been invited to a place called heaven through the blood of Jesus. And I've been found innocent. My debt is paid. And I have a new name. Through Him, the pigeonholes can be released. Through Him, through Him, I can live freely, truly free. Stand with me. Are you searching for a name? Are you someone here that's searching for an identity? Are you searching for somewhere that you belong? 
today's your day. Let me introduce you to a man named Jesus. Or have you been pigeonholed? Have you placed it? Has the enemy placed it? Are you boxed in? Do you have the barriers? Feeling restricted? Holding on to that label that God never intended you to have. Today's the day for freedom. Today's the day for deliverance. Today's the day you start living truly free. Now I'm going to open up this altar. If any of that fits in your category or you know someone that needs those barriers broken, I encourage you to come and pray for deliverance, for healing, for salvation.